Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. As always, we ask that you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It makes it easier for others to find us. And now, on to this week's message with Lead Minister Colin Packer. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. the Bible tells begins like this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And why does this God create? This God creates this beautiful, life-giving space for humans to enjoy, filled with abundance. It's an idyllic beginning to a story that will have its conflict as it goes along. Day after day, though, God creates in the first days of creation. God is creating and ordering life. There's light and there's darkness, hours for work and hours for rest. There's land and sea, a place for the animals with fins and gills and those that do better on land. There's animals and plants, the kinds we love to see in zoos and arboretums and on safaris. And then there are humans. It's an incredible beginning to the most incredible story that has ever been told. There's a good God who provides good things to these created beings who are created in His image that have great dignity that are to be treated well. And we as humans are given this task to multiply the earth. God has given us in our own bodies a way to replenish the earth, to multiply ourselves. But every good story has conflict, doesn't it? Every good story has an antagonist. And this story has its share of conflict and it has a brutal, destructive, cunning villain. This villain, the evil one, who arrives in the first few chapters as a serpent, gives space for the reader to see how the good things that God has desired that we would have can go all kinds of ways wrong. Adam is lonely in the first few chapters of Scripture, and and so God creates Eve, and these two become one. Chapter 2 ends with these words that we have struggled to ever get back to all since then. This is in Genesis 2, verse 25, the last of that chapter. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. No shame, no sin, no struggle, no conflict. Now before we get to chapter 3, I want us to clearly understand how God intended this life to be lived. This God created us with the capacity for love and for community. This God created this world with enough food and oxygen to go around for us to live on. 
This God created us in just such a way that we could multiply ourselves. This God created us to do good work, caring for the incredible gifts all around us that God has given to us. And none of that has changed, despite the work of the villain who arrives in chapter 3 and is still very much at work in the world in 2020. God created us to enjoy a vibrant relationship with Him. God created us to enjoy intimate, unashamed relationships with other human beings. God created us for abundance all around. And God created us to enjoy an abundant life. That's where the story begins. And I want to suggest that as it begins, this is still God's desire for every single one of us whom God created. God wants us to have an abundant joy-filled life. But things don't always turn out as planned. Let's pray as we open our time this morning. Father, we thank you for the beginning of this story. The reminder of who you are and who you've created us to be. The way the world was intended to be. And yet we know all so well in our lives that with all the great intentions and with even your good gifts, we make a mess of things. We go after things that we think will give us life that really are just promises that they can't fulfill. But God, you are a God who doesn't give up on your creation. You're a God who has pursued us over and over again. You will not let up. You will never stop your pursuit of any one of us as your children. So this morning, God, may we feel pursued once again. May we be reminded of what life is intended to look like, and may we find again this life that you created the world to have, that you've made possible again through Jesus Christ. I pray this morning you would pour through me the gift of preaching so that Christ would be formed in our hearts. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Before I get to chapter 3, we need to understand some things about this chapter the third chapter you turn to in Scripture. What I'm about to read is not just a one-time historical event. What I'm about to read is a story that all of us can relate to. The evil one has done the very same things that the evil one does in chapter 3 in our lives as well. The villain is trying to disrupt God's plans, and he's quite good at it. And we bought the same lies that Eve buys and Adam buys in those first verses. So listen to these verses for what they are in their original form, but I also want you to listen to them for the echoes that you feel in your own life, because this isn't a story that just happens once. Genesis 3, verses 1 through 7. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You'll certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. 
So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. What's the serpent doing in this story? What's the villain up to in these pages? The villain, the serpent, the evil one is trying to get us to question the goodness of God. The villain tries to convince Eve that there is another path, a better life outside of the life that God had designed that's even better than what they're experiencing in that moment. And it works. She believes this forbidden fruit offers something better than all the rest of the abundance God had given to her. And in the end of this chapter, these humans are disconnected from God by their sin. and They're doomed to one day die. And it will take centuries for this story to make a turn back toward a possibility of what Adam and Eve experienced. Now, is that the only time in history these kinds of lies have been believed and fallen for? No. I think every single one of us can talk about serpents uh, in some form that have spoken to us, that have promised life in certain ways, and we've bought it, haven't we? Hook, line, and sinker, we've bought it, believing that the amazing goodness, the design that God had for the world, that it wasn't enough, that there was more out there, that we could be like God if we would just fill in the blank. We trade the abundant life that God has intended for us for artificial substitutes that never fulfill. And I'm here to remind us this morning of some good news. Our God didn't stop loving Adam and Eve with that mistake. When they traded abundance for artificial substitutes, God didn't give up on them. Ever since then, God has been pursuing humanity again and again, story by story. Just think through the Bible for a moment. This was true for Cain, and it was true for Abel. It was true for Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. It was true for Miriam and true for Moses. It was true for Joshua and Hannah and David and Deborah and Esther and Peter and Phoebe. And on and on, you can read story after story in Scripture. And isn't this the story again and again? Humans making a mess of things. Humans not accepting the abundant life in God that God provides to them and believing lies that life can be found somewhere else. And those stories don't end in Scripture, do they? Think back through your family tree. Think back in your own life. Think back in the communities around us and see the destruction that happens. It all goes back to what God has provided us and us somehow believing that outside of that there's a framework that abundance can be found that's even greater than what God has given us. But church, our God wants us to experience the abundant life. And God accomplished this possibility for all of us when He sent His Son Jesus to the earth. There are all kinds of scriptures in the Gospels I could point to in order to share the good news of why Jesus came and what He offers to us. But one of the clearest verses that clarifies this struggle between the antagonist, the evil one, and and Jesus and the promised life that Jesus comes to bring is in John 10, verse 10. Turn there with me if you would. Um, Also, if you have YouVersion app, there's a place there you can follow along with the slides on the bottom, there's a, a, a more button and then events, and you can find our church there at the top of that list. But follow on the screen, following your Bibles along. This is, again, in John 10, verse 10. This is a passage I hope you'll spend time in in the weeks to come. It's one that's going to be really central to the kind of vision that we're laying out uh, for the future for this next chapter of our church. Because I think it so clearly says what the thief is up to, what the evil one is up to, but also what our God is up to. And it's part of the story we have to share with others. 
John 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. There's a strong dichotomy here, isn't there? Jesus, these are the red words of these Jesus. These are Jesus' words to us. And Jesus' words are, look, there is a thief. There is a villain in this story. We just read about that in Genesis 3, didn't we? It's been the story from the very beginning. This thief has an intent. This thief wants to steal from you. This thief wants to kill. This thief wants to bring destruction and sow it all over the place. But Jesus says, I'm not on the thief's team. I'm on this God who created everything. I'm on his team, and I'm here to restore this abundant life. I'm here to give you this life and that you can live it to the full. And that thief's going to continue to lie and, and spread all these rumors about how there's life found in other places. But, but I'm here to tell you, if you'll follow my way, if you'll follow my path, you're going to have a more abundant life than you can find anywhere else. This is the same villain that's at work in Genesis 3, Right? The thief's purpose is destruction. It's stealing from us. And how many of us can tell stories about the thief doing that in our life? Not just in Adam and Eve's life, but anytime we've had something stolen from us. Anytime destruction has been in the wake of our lives and our families. It's the seeds of the evil one that's been trying to sow that discord. Anytime you can point to abundance in your life, moments of joy... Moments you think back on when gifts were there that God gave such abundance. That was the work of God in your life. But Jesus came to offer this incredibly different alternative. Jesus came to earth so that we could experience and live and share the abundant life. And that's the mission that God has given to the universal church. Since day one of the church, God has been inviting His people to share that message. It's not just Jesus who comes. Now it's the church that's to experience that and to get to share that with others about this good news. We are invited today to reject the lies of the villain, the evil one. And we're invited to take the path of Jesus that is the abundant life. The evil one promises us fulfillment through artificial substitutes. But it's our job to remind ourselves again and again that those, those don't work out. They lead to destruction. And when we come to truly experience this abundant life that Jesus comes to offer us, and all of us have probably had moments where we were on that path, where we were close to God, where, where that abundance was so clear and we knew that's what we wanted for the rest of our lives. But isn't it easy just tomorrow how easy it'll be to make a different decision again? But when we experience that abundant life, it becomes infectious. It becomes like a, a good virus that can spread all over the world. That's what the church has done over the years, right? We've spread this good news of the abundance life. And when we are filled with the abundance, all of a sudden we overflow onto others. And we can't help but share the good news that's ours in Jesus. Today's a day I've been anticipating for several years the past few years, our leadership has been praying and discerning about our future. When I came to Greenville Oaks in 2014, there was a clear vision that had been set out. We called it the Go Boldly vision. And I remember when I was first talking to the church, they handed me this brochure, one that many of you probably saw on Discovering Greenville Oaks, or as they uh, shared this with you, it's now six years ago at this point. And it was the reason I came was because of the things in that document, the things that the leader said, this is what we want to be about, this is what we're going to pursue. I said, that's the kind of church that I want to be a part of. 
Church, I want my family to be a part of as we pursue those things. And after a couple of years, though, it became clear that we had accomplished many of the things we'd set out to do in that vision. Every time in Discovering Greenville Oaks, as we would go through the years, it was more and more, uh, well, we shared these things a few years ago, and this is a little outdated, but we probably need to update this at some point. And that became clear to all of us as leadership that God always asks us to turn the next chapter and ask the question, what is ahead? What is God calling us to in this season? There were several things that were mentioned in that Go Boldly brochure that, that we accomplished. We talked about family ministry and equipping families, and so Faith at Home was a big part of that journey. We've uh, overhauled our children's ministry in so many different ways. Marty O'Rear was a huge part of that. I'm so grateful my kids got to learn under Marty, but Samantha has taken that forward in so many ways as well. This is a place where our kids are learning the name of Jesus, learning that abundance that I'm talking about, learning to be disciples of Jesus. Same is true for our students and student ministry. Uh, they're learning and they're passionate and they're serving in incredible ways. I'm amazed each summer by the ways that our, our students are going in and they're actually mentoring and coaching and discipling our, 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 our children in this church. Uh, taking, uh, giving us a break, many of us as adults, so that they get a chance to lead. And I just love seeing that, right? Is that this is what we all ought to be doing, right? Experiencing something ourselves and then sharing it and coaching others in the same way of life. Uh, five years ago this year, we established Celebrate Recovery. We're going to celebrate the fifth anniversary of that, and I'm, I'm just grateful for all of the lives that have been changed and transformed, and what happens here on Wednesday nights is incredible. We added a, a, an instrumental service in order to connect with a broader group of people who connect to God and worship in different ways. There were all kinds of things we'd set out to do, and it became clear at some point it was time to update our goals and listen again to how God may be calling us forward for this next season of our church's life together. So more than a year ago, we had a couple of listening sessions where we shared some of what God was laying on the hearts of leadership. And there were a couple hundred leaders that came through those sessions. And we got to hear and, and, and share our hearts and hear the feedback. And it became clear through those conversations that people wanted to see action much more than they wanted to hear words of what we planned or intended to do. I get that. A lot of us have been a part of churches and we we're disillusioned by this. Some of you this morning may be saying, oh, here we go, another vision, right? Because sometimes we, we go into things, you've had this happen maybe in your business and it's, it's just kind of a new words on a page and it doesn't have any way to actually get itself worked out. But over the next seven weeks, we want to tell you about what we've been living into. That was the charge that you gave us in those conversations was just start doing it. And we've been doing it, but it, there comes a time where we have to give language and help understand what the pathway is and where God's leading us and what's next. And for me, this is exciting to be able to share this with you over these next few weeks. We listen to that. And so over the next uh, last couple of years, we've been living into these words that I'm going to share with you over the next seven weeks. And so some of you may say over these seven weeks, I mean, what's new about this? And I hope that's what some of you will say, because that means we've been living into it already. Some of you may be hearing things that you've heard in sermons over the last few years. And uh, the, the truth is, I've been preaching into this vision for a while now. So if you're saying, this doesn't sound all that new, that's great, because that means we've been living into it well already in some ways. We've got a long ways to go as well in what we can do. And we think this is a big vision for what God wants us to accomplish in Collin County in these years ahead. I've been excited for this day because my hope is that over the next seven weeks we'll connect some dots for you that may help you understand who God is calling us to be as a body, but maybe more importantly, how we can all find this abundant life that God is calling us to live into, and how we can begin to share, how we can equip everyone in this church to be equipped to go and lead and to disciple and to coach others in this way of Jesus. So let's get to it. What is our church's mission? 
We believe that, that Jesus gave us the words of what our mission was real clearly. I've preached on this many different times this church. It's in Matthew 28. If you have your Bibles, turn there with me if you would. So what I'm about to share with you in terms of mission isn't really unique. A lot of churches would have something like this on their statement somewhere. This should sound familiar because it's the mission that Jesus gave to us. And that mission comes right out of the words of Jesus, Matthew 28, right before Jesus ascends to the Father. This is verse 18. Then Jesus said to them, came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Before Jesus left planet earth and ascended to the right hand of the Father, he gave his future followers a reason for their existence, a mission for the gatherings of people that would be his church. And that mission is to go and to make disciples, to make other followers of Jesus. We're to follow Jesus with all we have and to call others into the same way of life. And so what is involved in making a disciple? Well, Jesus tells us in these verses, doesn't he? He says, you're to baptize them. Baptism is this ritual, right? We have a baptistry right behind us that our kids walk through. Many of you made this decision yourselves to do this. We hope more and more in the days ahead we'll make this decision because baptism is the moment that we enter into the kingdom of light. It's the the, the once-for-all commitment to the world to say, I am all in on Jesus. It's to die to our old selves. It's like Jesus dying on the cross. He goes into the grave and he's raised up. He's resurrected. And we enter into the same story in baptism. And so Jesus says this is really important. You need a date on the calendar. You need a day where you tell everyone I'm all in on this. I'm trading in all the artificial forms for the abundant life that Jesus said he came to give. I'm I'm, I'm saying no to the villain and the evil one and saying yes to Jesus in his way. And so he says, look, I want you to baptize them, and then I want you to teach them to obey everything that that I've commanded. Jesus has all of these commands and teachings in the Scriptures, and he says, part of this isn't just a ritual that happens one time, it's a way of life. It's an obedience that's worked out, because obedience to this way is how you find the abundant life, and so obedience is part of it. But there's a promise there as well. This is really important as we go out into all the world. We don't think this is about us In the job, in the end, God is the one who brings the growth, right? Amen? It's our job to share this message and to call people to Christ. But His promises, it's a promise of presence. I'm going to be with you every step of the way. And that's still true today, right here in Collin County. The Spirit of God is still at work helping us in this task. So our mission, as we try to put those words together as simply as we can, is we want to inspire people to follow Jesus. That's who we want to be as Greenville Oaks. We want to inspire people to follow Jesus. But we have a reason for that, a motivation for why. The question we may get in response is, why would, why would you want me to follow Jesus? Why, why, are you, why are you living your life to inspire me to that? And our motivation is this. We're convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. That's our motivation. That's why we would care enough to walk to our neighbors and to share with them the good news of Jesus Christ is we're inspiring you to follow Jesus. Why? Because this is the best way of life possible. If you'll obey the words of Jesus, life will go better. This has been true in my life. Is when I follow Jesus, when I follow his commands, when I set my path and trajectory in his way rather than artificial substitutes, my life goes better. It doesn't mean there's not hardships and suffering. 
The rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. This isn't a promise that if you follow Jesus, you'll have health and you'll have all this wealth. That's not the promise of Scripture. But what I'm finding in my life is I have a more fulfilling life. I live a more meaningful life. There's much less destruction that's sown into my life when I follow the commands of Jesus. And when I follow Jesus, I'm more fulfilled, I'm more balanced, I love others better. And that's why I choose to follow Jesus. Because I believe that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. How many of you believe that same thing? But you're in on this because this is, this is the best way. That when you live in tune with this, it goes better. But all of us have moments we can say we didn't and we've seen how that goes. And we believe that's a compelling motivation for why we would live out this life of inspiring people to follow Jesus. Again, our mission is a reiteration of the mission that Jesus gave to us. It probably sounds like a lot of churches because it's in many ways what Jesus told us to do. But our vision is different than our mission, okay? Our mission is that generic sense of how God calls all disciples to follow Jesus. A vision is how God gives vision to a specific church to live this out in the midst of the passions God has given to us, in the midst of the people and the gifts God has given to us. How are we in this location, Collin County, going to live this out to fulfill that great mission that God gave to us. And our vision is this. Here's what we see. We see Collin County transformed by mentoring thousands to trade that thing I was talking about earlier, the pursuit of artificial success for the abundant life in Jesus. We, we see this as what each of us is tasked as doing, is becoming mentors, becoming coaches. That's the title of the series, is Coaching the Next Step. We see all of us growing to the point that we can know what it is to follow Jesus, know the abundant life, and be able to help someone else along to follow Jesus as well. That's the job of the church, is to equip the saints for works of service, right? To build up the body so that we can all be in that place. It's not my job to convert people in this church. That's a a mission, that's something that God has given a task to all of us who are followers of Jesus. We are all called and caught up in this task and in this calling. And this is why I started the sermon in Genesis. In the beginning, Adam and Eve knew the abundant life in the garden. But by chapter 3, Adam and Eve traded the abundant life that was given to them for artificial substitutes. And God sent Jesus into the world to offer every human what was originally ours, We have an opportunity to trade every artificial thing. The Ecclesiastes series was all about this, wasn't it, if you were here? Solomon said, I've tried all these artificial ways to find success. And in the end, the word is, fear God and keep his commandments. Or in the words of Jesus, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Do you know how many people right now are pursuing paths that the evil one has offered them that's actually going to lead them to destruction? Do you know how many people out there are isolated and they're alone and they're waiting for a community of people to provide the kind of community that God wanted his church to always provide? This is the story we have to share with people who don't know Jesus. Your story about finding Jesus and what Jesus has saved you from but also saved you for is the message that you have to share with others. And if we aren't sure that we have a story to share, or maybe we think our story is not significant, I just want to confront that myth right now. Every single one of us have a story of God intervening in our lives 
Whether that was through faithful parents who brought us to church every Sunday, and we've been in church every uh, single day since we were born on Sundays. All of us who've been in that category have stories to tell about how we've gone off course, but even that is a story of God's faithfulness in a particular way. The same is true for those of us who are just coming to faith now or who have, a, have made a different path. We've made detours. Maybe like the prodigal son, we wandered into a way off country. We've got a story to tell as well of how God the Father wrapped his loving arms around us and welcomed us back home. You have a story to tell, and we want to help you tell that story. To help us all experience the abundant life so that we have a story to tell. But ultimately, when we become followers of Jesus, Jesus gives us a mission to share the good news with others. And when we as a church learn to do that well, it will change our city. It will change our county. And we name Collin County for a reason because as much as we're in Allen, we're spread out all over the place in Collin County. People are driving from, from Plano and from Wiley and Murphy and they're driving from Frisco and McKinney. A large part of our church is north of us. We have people spread out all over the place. So we're really really not an Allen Church. We're a Collin County Church, and we're naming that area, and we're saying, God, we want to be a part of what you're going to do in this county for your name and for your renown and for your good. And so our mission as a church is to inspire people to follow Jesus. And why do we want to do that? Because we're convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. And how we see that working out is we see Collin County being transformed by us mentoring thousands to trade in this artificial way of life that the thief comes to deliver, to take up the abundant life that Jesus is giving to us. In the weeks to come, I have much to share about how we plan to do this. Because this, this can't just be a why we exist or, or words on a screen. We have to have a plan of how this is going to come to fruition. We live in a day where Christians cannot shrink back and play defense. Amen? This is not a time for us to be content with planning per perfect worship services and children's curriculum for our kids. We need to keep doing those things, planning services and teaching our kids and coming and doing all the things we do here, but that's not enough. This is not a time for internal squabbles about matters of opinion that God has not clearly spoken on. This is not a time for our differences to divide us. God is calling us to help people find Jesus. That's what's central. We're going to major on that major point. And I dream of the day where thousands of us are helping people who have bought the evil one's lies about where to find life and helping them see, no, 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 hear my story. That's not where it's found. The abundant life, the best way of life is found in Jesus. Would you follow along with us as we're learning that way as well? Today's the beginning of a new chapter in this church family. And I'm so grateful for the heritage of faith we have in this place. I'm grateful for how grace and unity have been passed down through the generations of those who started early on in this church with a dream about what it could become and what God would do. Several of you have been here since day one. But a new era, a new chapter begins today. A turning of a page, one twenty-six twenty. God is on the move. The cloud is lifting. And it's time for us to set out again to pursue the vision that God is calling us to as a body. So who's with me this morning? Can I get an amen this morning? It's okay to speak up. I get it. I get it. Some of us have spent several years on this. Some of us, it's been a few weeks that we may have heard some things about this. For some of you, it's the first time you're hearing all of this. And it's okay that it takes some time to let this settle in. And we're going to talk for seven weeks about this. And what I want to do this morning is encourage you in a couple ways, beyond just the messages that you're hearing, 
Uh, in just a moment, our, our elders are going to be teaching classes starting at 9.50 this morning. Uh, in, in our fellowship center, there's three classes that are broken up, and so you can look on the walls uh, on the announcements and you'll see what teachers are teaching those classes. Let me encourage you to go and, and uh, just find your, your seat in one of those classes around the tables that are there, and we're going to talk more in detail, the elders, about the vision that God is giving them passion about. And, and then we want to encourage you also to be a part of a group. We've talked about that the last couple of Sundays, to continue the conversation. So if you're in a current Connect group, you'll be discussing these things uh, this week, maybe tonight, maybe later in the week. And, and also, if you're not a part of a group, I just want to offer one more time. We'd love to help you connect you even this week into a conversation in one of those groups. So uh, feel free to find me and uh, Keith Maloney. If you'd kind of raise your hand back there, this is Keith Maloney, who's our minister with groups. Uh, he'd love to help connect you in a particular group. There's a groups that meet at, I believe it's 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock on, on Sunday, starting today. And then there's a Tuesday night group. Uh, that we can tell you more about. And so feel free to find Keith or talk to me if you have interest in uh, finding your way into one of those groups this week. <sighs> I'm excited for the days ahead. I'm excited that we're not just going to be a church that plays defense and circles the wagons, but we're going to choose to storm the gates of hell, which is what Jesus said the church is supposed to do. That Peter's the rock, uh, that, I'm sorry, that Christ is the rock that, he, that God's building his church upon. And this message is that rock. This message is the story from the beginning of Genesis 3 all the way up until today. The villain is at work in our lives. All of us can show the scars from that. But there's an abundant life that Jesus wants to point us toward. And we want to help you experience that. We want to help your friends and your neighbors and your children and your grandchildren experience that. And we want to equip you so that you're not just inviting people to a church building to hear someone else talk about it so that you know you have a story and you're ready to share that good news. It's time for us to move forward, and I'm excited for the days ahead. Let's pray as we close this morning. God, I, I've felt your stirring in our hearts this morning, your presence here among us today. You're the same God who stirs in our hearts and our lives. It was there the very first day when all this came into existence. You preceded all of that. You brought this out of nothing. You gave us this incredible gift of an abundant world, an abundant life that gave us all that we would need and a relationship with you where we didn't have to experience shame. And yet the evil one has been at work, sowing seeds of destruction, stealing. And God, we have all experienced that pain of all that. Many of us right now are experiencing some of those pains. We're wondering, can we step into the abundant life? Can we have hope once again? Can we share this message with others? Are we hypocrites or do we actually have a life that you've given to us that we can share with authenticity? Sometimes it's hard to share in the midst of our lives or the busyness. There's so many reasons, God, that we, we struggle to pass on this word of good news. But I know you are calling these people in this season, all of us, to particular people in our communities, the family members we've been praying about, and you want to equip us to share this good news with others. God, I pray we would be a church that would see evangelism on, the, on, the, on growing again. That we be, would be a church that would center on the things that are most important to you. That we would be a church that does what you require. That we would love mercy. That we would act justly. That we would walk humbly with you, our God. And that we would step into this abundant life. That we would be a church that would make disciples, but it wouldn't be just enough to make disciples. We want to make disciples who know how to make disciples in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
God, may you instill these values in our kids from day one. The babies that are in our church, may they get this in their DNA in ways that many of us have long lost it. And for those of us that are are teaching children, may we instill these values in them and give them a vision of what the kingdom is really all about and what the villain wants to do and what you want to do. And God, you are more powerful. You will win this battle in the end. That's the promise you've given to us in Jesus. So we thank you for the death and the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And we thank you for the promise that all authority is His, and that He has a calling on our lives. So God, help us to inspire people. In fact, inspire us. Breathe into us through Your Spirit so that we might breathe on to others this good news of Jesus Christ. I pray this this morning in the name of Jesus. And all who agreed said, Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Connect with us on Facebook. You can find and like our page at Greenville Oaks. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.